Welcome to the Power of a Woman podcast. This podcast is centered around helping you reclaim and finding yourself as a woman, connecting with how you want to feel in your life and body, and changing the narrative on not only how we approach health for women, but also how we treat ourselves and the stories that we tell ourselves. I'm so grateful you're here. Let's dive in. All right. Hello. I always want to say good morning when I start a podcast. <laughs> I think it's because like anytime we're opening something, we're like, oh, it's the beginning. It's morning. <laughs> so I'm here with Lacey today. She is nutrition coach and business mentor. She's also a mom of two and she runs a very successful business. I wanted to interview her because we talk about persevering through things. How do we make things work as a woman? But there's a layer, obviously, to womanhood for the women who are moms. And it's another thing for us to kind of like work with and work through. And while it's, it's an amazing thing, it is a factor that comes in. But sometimes that factor can be our excuse. And I want us to chat through today how we can take it from being an excuse and just being a part of the story. I'm going to let Lacey introduce herself, how she kind of got to where she is now and what it is that she does. I am Lacey Healy. I live outside of Houston, Texas, and this is actually my 11th year in the health and fitness space. Sometimes I don't know to call myself an OG or a grandma, but I have been around the proverbial block so many times. I got into health and fitness in 2009. I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's and the doctor said, you need to diet and exercise. And what that meant to me at the time was I needed to stop eating carbohydrates and I needed to become a runner. And it was that lack of like education that kind of led me to where I'm at. It was just that very blank, generic recommendation that got me to where I was at. And so I am a driven person. I left that doctor's office and two months later signed up for a half marathon and was like eating egg whites for breakfast only and just, you know, being healthy in the quote unquote healthy way we think that we have to be. After running half marathons and marathons, I actually got injured. Surprise, surprise. And I got into strength training because a physical therapist told me I needed to assess my imbalances. And my very first personal trainer, she worked with me for about six weeks and she was like, I think you could do this. I think you could help me teach runners. And I think you could help me personal train. Her business was blowing up at the time. And that's kind of where it all started. My husband and I ran a running team from about 2011 until 2017. We coached about a thousand runners and triathletes. We had huge groups. I once went to the Austin marathon with a group of like 40 women doing their very first marathon. And I was personal training and I was doing it on the side. And all the while I was just getting sicker. My Hashimoto's was getting worse. My fibromyalgia was terrible. I became an Ironman triathlete, which I 10 out of 10 do not recommend if you have thyroid issues. I did a bikini competition. I was just in this constant chase for health. And in my constant chase, I was actually making myself less healthy. I did a lot of things. I worked with a lot of people. And then, like you mentioned, I'm a mom. In 2016, my husband and I decided to go ahead and move forward with the adoption process. So I have some things in my body repertoire, if you will, that make it 
not super easy for me to maintain a pregnancy. I will say that. And so we decided to adopt. It was something that I kind of always knew in my heart that I wanted to do. And in 2017, we brought home my youngest daughter and we adopted a child that we thought was hearing impaired and just like developmentally delayed, which as most children that are adopted internationally are, my daughters are both from China. And within about 48 hours, I was fairly certain that she was on the autism spectrum and she was completely nonverbal and three and a half and much like a nine month old. And it flipped my world upside down. I closed my personal training studio. I owned a women's only personal training studio. My husband and I had moved. I had opened up my second studio in our new town and I started to close it and I didn't have time to run and I didn't have time to do triathlon and I didn't have time to go to the gym and that my daughter's needs were so vast that I really lost myself. I think a lot of women can maybe relate to that feeling of like getting to a point where you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you go, this is what they all say happens. Yeah. And you have that choice. I think at that point to go, I'm going to let this continue to happen to me, or I'm going to allow this to happen for me. And I had a moment in December of 2017, I gained uh, about 15 pounds. We adopted my daughter, got her home the first part of September. And at about seven weeks, I gained 15 pounds. I'm only four foot 10. So 15 pounds is 10 out of 10, not cute when it feels like 50 pounds on my body. Cause I'm so short. I'm usually the shortest adult in the room. And I just felt just like an alien inside my body. But that birthed my first online business and that I created a workout program for moms at home, 20 minute workouts in your living room with minimal equipment. I filmed them with my daughter running around in the background, dogs barking, sometimes in the corner of a bedroom, wherever I could. And I filmed 777 of them over three years and just really took control of my life. That led me to online coaching and working with women in a more close capacity, which led me to working, you know, in the fitness business and the mentorship space as an assistant coach. And now I run a team that works with women one-on-one, mostly moms. And I work with a lot of, you know, fitness coaches that are moms too, helping them balance not only their fitness and nutrition, but also their businesses. Cause it's a different game for both. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh girl, your story's going to make me cry, (laughs) but it's because it's true, right? Like being a mom, you can resonate with it so much when you say that you find that moment. I remember that moment too. I remember looking Mm -hmm. in the mirror after having our first and I was like, who the hell are you? That's not what you used to look like, right? Like you just feel run down. It's just not the same person. And then it's the same, right? Like you could accept it. You'd be like, well, this is just motherhood, right? This is just the way it's going to be because this is what I hear everybody talk about, right? Or we can choose to say like, this doesn't have to be my story, right? This doesn't have to be how this goes for me. And how can I make this different? Yeah. You know, I was just listening to a mentor of mine. She did a little mini program back in April and I'm a mom. Sometimes it takes me a hot minute to get to these things. She did this program back in April and I listened to it last night. And it was the idea of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think for so many women, I know for me, when we adopted my daughter, Maylee, 
I was 35. And in the back of my brain, I remember my mom saying, it's all downhill when you're 35. You know, I was skinny mini until I was 35 and then 35 hit and everything changed. And I remember thinking that going like my mom was right. And that's where those self-fulfilling prophecies really start to become your self-fulfilling truth. But I also believe that just because something is a quote unquote prophecy doesn't mean it has to become your truth. And I decided, you know, in that moment that I was not going to allow that to be the definition. I didn't want to be the type of mother that was miserable in her body had raging autoimmune issues that made me feel like I wasn't up to the task. That's when I really started to say, what can I take control of now? What is in my control? You know, every week with our clients, when they fill out a check-in, we ask them, what are three things that you can control this week? And it's getting them to take their power back. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny how you mentioned dieting in the beginning, right? That was my story too. In the very beginning, it was when somebody mentions the word diet, you think like, well, I'm going to have to eat egg whites and I have to follow this Mm -hmm. meal plan and I have to be super strict and I have to go to the gym this many times in a week. And we don't think about other ways we can make it work. So as a mom, after you've had a kid and you think about wanting to feel like yourself again, immediately the first thought for a lot of women is going back to a diet like that and doing something along those lines. And then in their mind, they're like, well, there's no way I could make that work with what I'm doing right now. So then it's, well, what do you do? So as a mom and a business owner, right, who's running a successful business, how do you prioritize those things for yourself? So I think one of the big things for me, and I did this really terribly for a while, and I want to say like to the moms that listen to this, give yourself permission for the fact that you are going to do things absolutely terribly in the beginning. Like I am the culmination of all of these little lessons that I've learned over the last few years. But when we brought my second daughter home and my second daughter is older than our first adopted daughter, we kind of went out of birth order. That's, I could do a whole other podcast on that, (laughs) but she has profound cerebral palsy. So my older daughter does not walk. She is learning to walk. And for me, my perspective changed even more on what needed to be prioritized by watching what she was working so hard to do that we take for granted. For example, there is nothing that motivates me more at the end of the day to get in 10 minutes of movement than knowing that In physical therapy, my oldest daughter worked her cheeks off to be able to kneel, to be able to walk unassisted down our driveway. And so I've allowed myself to be inspired by my oldest daughter. She pushes me. But day in and day out, I think what's gotten me here is an overall giving up of the things that don't matter. I think as moms, it's really easy to get really caught up in things that don't matter. I have a client who's a mom of four. She will laugh if she listens to this, that I'm referencing her. She's like, I had a moment. She told me this week in her check-in. She's like, I had a moment when I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off on Saturday, trying to get everybody happy and everyone somewhere to no one's detriment, but myself. And I realized this is my fault. I'm doing this. I'm creating this urgency. I'm creating this need to have this this way. She's like, and in that moment, I decided to give it up. And I told my husband that and he was like, it's about damn time. (laughs) And that made me really happy because so often we get bogged down and give our energy 
away to the tiny things. And you have to understand as mothers, I understand this as a mother, as a business owner, as a wife, that my picture of energy is full at the beginning of every day. If I slept well, if I'm feeling well, if I've eaten well the day before, et cetera. Yeah. Your picture is not full if those things are not in existence. So even if I start out with a full picture, that means that every time I allow myself to get caught up in the frustration of my daughter's teacher decided last night that today was going to be pajama day. I thought that that was really dumb seeing as we just got back from Christmas break. (laughs) I gave that about 45 seconds of my energy. There's little things that come up like doctor's appointments for my daughters, my husband having a dental appointment today and all these things that can cause excess stress. And I just don't allow it to stress me for too long. I either immediately look for the solution or I let it go. If we give all of our energy to all of these little things, then we don't have energy left over for the big things. The reality is my business would suffer if I was too busy staring at the problem of my husband has a dental appointment and my daughter has an appointment tomorrow and all of those things. When in reality, I need to find the solution to we've got a really busy week. How do I better prioritize? And I need to move forward. So I do more because I'm able to take a bird's eye view of what my life looks like. And I don't expend energy on things that don't deserve my energy. That is so on point. My husband and I just had this conversation yesterday. The kids, I just told you the kids' school got canceled yesterday for today and tomorrow. The first thing we did was get on the phone. What's on your schedule? What's on my schedule? How are we going to make it work and coordinate it, right? And I had this conversation on my social media yesterday. I was like, listen, it's 2022. These things are coming up right now, right? So like, we've got two options. I could have just been like pissed off the rest of the day yesterday and like gone to the school and gotten upset with somebody that school was canceled, but that's not changing anything, right? I could have let it change what nutrition choices I'm making because I'm stressed out and I chose to choose this because of that, right? Or I could say like, It is what it is, how we're going to make this work, right? And if we can't make it work, what else can we do? And how are we going to prioritize this? Life is going to come in your way. And especially when you have other humans, right, that you're caring for and that depend on you, things are going to come up, but you have to be flexible with it. And I think so many women struggle with this idea that it has to be perfect. It has to be the perfect time, the perfect scenario. And I use this as an example. I am very blunt about, you know, there are women that reached out to me three years ago for coaching. And three years ago, my pricing was really different. The way we worked with clients was very different. And they, they were afraid three years ago. And they're still the same women that three years later, they're like, well, when so-and-so's done with this, or when this happens, or when there's a little bit more money, here's the God's honest truth. That mindset is exactly what's keeping you exactly where you're at. Every single thing that has ever benefited me did not make sense from a timeline perspective. Neither one of my daughters would have come home had we waited for the perfect time. My second daughter, we actually adopted her very quickly on the heels of a failed adoption. And everyone in our world was telling us, Lacey, just take your time, slow down, allow yourself to grieve. And I was like, no, I get that. But I feel this urge to move forward. And had we not done that, my daughter would still be in China and we would be three years into a global pandemic. Yeah. And so 
It's recognizing the life you dream of, the body you dream of, the health you dream of, the business you dream of, whatever you dream of is on the other side of your constant excuses of it's not the right time. It's not perfect. I can't. I mean, the number of women right now, they're like, well, school is just not like, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm not going to move forward or I'm waiting for this or this. It Life happens to you that way. Yeah. You can't do that. You have to decide, but I'm going to do it anyways. Yes. A hundred percent. We decided to build a house last year and I knew this was a stress that we're taking on. Right. And I knew there's going to be other things that came in. And my mom was like, well, well, why don't you just wait a little bit? You know, you don't know what's going on. And I was like, wait for what? Wait for maybe things to change. What if they don't change? Right. What am I waiting for at this point? We know we want to do it something that we've wanted to do. Why are we waiting on these things? Then we often want to wait for like this safe zone somehow, like this guarantee that things are just going to like work out. And there is virtually nothing in life that's going to be a guarantee. I love that you said, and even I said, like my mother said, and I want to take that back to that idea of self-fulfilling prophecy. This is why I made a post yesterday on my Instagram talking about how diet culture ruined our mother's relationships with food. And here's the thing. So much of what holds us back. And believe me, I love my mother dearly. I'm very close with her, but there are things that she said, ideas that she carried patterns that she held that deeply affected the way that I was predisposed to doing things. And it's been a conscious choice to change that pattern. It's a conscious choice because if it's not conscious, It's subconscious, which is what makes it a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so the idea of like, oh, well, I mean, my mother said that when you have kids, it's not about you anymore. Well, maybe it can be about you. Your mother choosing that it's not about her doesn't mean that it can be about you and you can be a better mother because of it. This victim martyrdom mentality. I've always said I was going to write a book called Mommy is a Martyr. (laughs) Because it's so true. We create this like almost like martyrdom mentality as a mother of like, oh, I can't do that because of my kids. Or Susie Sally Mae needs $800 a month worth of specialty dance classes, but I cannot even buy a vegetable for myself. Yeah. It's so funny. You just said that I had a conversation a couple months ago with a client and she's been with me for a while, but she was talking to me. We were having conversations around like the dishes and keeping your house perfectly clean. Right. And why she was having a hard time doing something because all this other stuff in the house is piling up. And I was like, what was it like growing up? She was like, well, my mom, she was always such a great model. She was always putting us first. She was always sacrificing the things that she needed for our needs. And I was like, okay, let's stop there for a second then. You've also in the past talked about how you don't want the relationship with food and things like that, that you grew up with. But in the same sentence, you're also telling me that your mom was the perfect example of self-sacrifice. So that right there is where the problem is lying and that we're trying to remodel one aspect of what you grew up with while trying to change another part of it. Maybe you should look at the fact that like, while your mom was a great mom, my mom was amazing, but she also sacrificed herself to the extent that She sacrificed the things that were important to her and it shows up in other ways, whether we realize it or not, it shows up. 
And we think it's only impacting us, but it is impacting the people around you. I grew up with not great, healthy relationship with food too, because I watched my mom constantly be doing like metabolite and slim fast shakes and all those different things. And because of that, I had to consciously make choices to change it. And I think when we realize that that wasn't serving us, it's very uncomfortable to make that conscious choice to do it differently. And I think sometimes we also weren't taught that uncomfortable doesn't mean bad. We were taught that uncomfortable might be a bad thing. So we avoid it. You know, I use this with my business students a lot. I tell them, if you feel uncomfortable, you're literally the caterpillar in the muck of the cocoon. The caterpillar doesn't just like, you know, crawl across the branch and then suddenly snap and become the butterfly. It goes into a cocoon and becomes absolute smelly goo before it emerges as the butterfly. You uncomfortableness is part of the process. Yes, We have to, and this is why so often, and I don't know where you're at with this, but I really dove last year deep into somatic therapy and nervous system regulation. I, my undergraduate degree was in human development and family studies, and I studied attachment theory and cognitive development and interfamilial generational relationships. I kind of always thought my degree mattered nothing for what I did until the last like year. I was like, man, I had this foundation of like understanding. And then to put on top of that, the training we had to go through to get to my daughter's When I added on the piece of somatic therapy, nervous system regulation, I recognize that so much of our patterns, it's to get us to a place where we feel safe because the pattern, good or bad, has become who we are. Yep. And the need for safety overrides the need for growth always. And so it makes so much sense that people fall into patterns because they feel safe, but In reality, there's a lot of work. The change that has to happen in the diet industry at large has to happen with women understanding their nervous systems, their desire, and the sense behind why they need to feel safe, and then consciously changing those patterns by healing what made them cling to that safety in the beginning. And we've introduced that to our clients this last year. I did an entire coaching program paid thousands of dollars for it to become trauma informed. And between my daughter's medical appointments that happened to start on Wednesdays and my dad being diagnosed with stage four cancer, I participated in the program, but I didn't get the certificate to become trauma informed because life happened. I had to recognize here's an opportunity just because I didn't receive the piece of paper doesn't mean that I didn't learn. And that doesn't mean that I still can't implement what I learned But as we've started to dig deeper on this, we've gotten our clients to recognize why they feel comfortable with their patterns, why they do certain things in the kitchen, why they do certain things on the weekend, why they self-sabotage. And so it's become so much deeper than food. I'm sure you recognize like what you do is so much deeper than food. I very, very much have done a lot of that over the last year or two. I feel like the last year was like 
major inner growth. A lot of focus is there. And I started doing breath work and Reiki and and going in a lot of different routes to focus on some of those things. And yes, inner traumas, right? And now the more and more I get into it, and I always tell clients too, like these things come in layers. I didn't just dive into this, right? I've been doing this for 14 years. So keep in mind that like it's been layers over the years of these things, but the more and further I get into it, the more and more I see it's not just the nutrition, right? I tell people all the time, I could have the most perfect nutrition plan set up for you. But if you don't have the desire to follow it through, if you don't have the habits set up, if you don't have those things in place to move through and feel uncomfortable in social settings or whatever it is, making the choices that are going to be different for you, it doesn't matter what that is. Because at the end of the day, it's all the other stuff you're eating three meals a day, maybe, right? Those three meals a day are taking you 40 minutes to eat, maybe. So out of the rest of your day, it's all the other stuff that's making an impact too. I think there is a shift in the space where we are coaching people and that the good coaches are recognizing that this has to be more than macros. Yeah. And In the same way that like you and I, I know both understand female physiology to a point where we understand calorie. I know a coach doesn't know what they're talking about when they just preach calorie deficit over and over again, because let me tell you, I've done over 5,000 client check-ins. I can tell you it's a lot more than calorie deficit when you're dealing with hormonal imbalances, thyroid issues, mold toxicity, um, gut major gut issues. So I think the coaching space in itself is like switching and that the good coaches are recognizing there is a large, not just mindset piece, but embodiment piece. And there's also so much more that goes on with the average woman and their history that cannot always be cured by immediately putting them in a calorie deficit. And the coaches that lean in to opening themselves up to that extra layer of knowledge and foresight are the ones that are going to succeed. And the ones that, you know, just have the base level understanding of like, these are your macros. People are going to start to realize that's not what I want on the medical side. The number of women that come to me disappointed by advice that was given to them by their doctors. We do comprehensive lab reads for our clients. You know, I spend 15 minutes going through labs and clients are like, there has never been a time when a doctor has explained how this worked interconnectivity wise in the way you explained it. And so we become leaders in not just, I teach you about food, but leaders in lifestyle leaders in understanding holistically what's going on in your body and then leaders in what's actually healthy. Because a lot of the things we learned as the daughters of mothers that were, like you said, metabolife and slim fast and weight watchers, those things aren't healthy. Yeah. I've personally experienced it. And I remember it was eight years ago now, my dad had passed away and I gained like 20 pounds in four months, unexplainably, right? I was already in the fitness industry. It's not like I was eating a pizza every night to just justify the, why the weight was jumping on. I was eating really well. I was working out consistently. And I remember thinking like, well, there's gotta be so much more to this. And that's when I started taking the wellness aspect because I was like, this can't just be calories in and calories out. I know I'm in a calorie deficit. My body's not responding. And I remember a few years after that, when I actually healed my body and moved through it, I would have coaches try to tell me like, well, no, it's only about calories in, calories out if it's weight loss. And I'm like, 
I've personally experienced it. Like I've seen it with clients too, right? Or people will say like, well, I think my client's lying. I'm like, what if they're not though? What if there is something going on in there? The female body in itself is so, I mean, I love men. I love my husband. His body is much less complex than mine. Here's the thing, ladies, your body literally grows human beings. Yeah. Like you grow a brain and hearts and lungs yeah. And all of those things. And that takes energy from your body. It takes vitamin and mineral stores. Women discount how much that process takes out of their body when they are literally growing human life. Your husband doesn't do that. All he does is plant a seed. Yeah. And so our bodies are so much more complex. And so it's foolish for us to believe that's it's as simple as just the food you eat. We could go into the quality of food you eat. What is your food covered in, cooked in, sprayed with, etc.? And again, these are layers. Do I talk about this with every client that's coming through our door? No, but I understand from a basis. If I take a bird's eye view, I can look and understand all of the different layers of what's going on. You know, I see coaches like expound, like you don't need a liver detox. Your liver detoxifies itself. Well, yes, but we also do a lot of things that back up our livers. And sometimes our liver does need a little bit of help. And again, these aren't things that we necessarily talk about with clients from the get-go, Yeah. but I think it's important for good coaches to understand how these things work. It's more than macros. You have to understand human physiology. My team of coaches are all in nutritional therapy practitioner school. Yeah. So we are the bridge between your doctor and your health. Yeah. It's amazing. And I'm so glad that there's things out there like that now. It has made a major shift. Seven, eight years ago when I was going through it, it wasn't getting talked about nearly as much. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. starting to get talked about so much more. And that's a part of why I created the things, right? Because you wish those resources were there for you when you were going through it too. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> told me how many years I wasted. There was a point in 2016, I DNF'd an Ironman triathlon. I was stung by jellyfish. Cozumel, Mexico I was stung. I actually DNF'd that triathlon twice. I was stung by jellyfish and my body had a major histamine response to it that actually created like almost like anaphylaxis. Like I, my throat felt weird. My, I lost feeling in my hands and my feet. And that was kind of my wake up call of like, there's a reason why my body is responding this way so aggressively to this toxin. Yeah. You know, when I sat in a neurologist's office, they considered giving me a multiple sclerosis diagnosis. I was diagnosed with lupus at one point. They just kept trying to put me in different boxes. The not knowing is what led me on a ruthless search for answers. Yeah. You know, what drives me in my nutrition business every day is the fact that so many women still don't know. The fact that so many women don't understand that the first day of your period is the first day of your cycle. The fact that so many women don't understand that when you're on birth control, like you take a pill, that period bleed is not a true period. The fact that so many women on birth control don't understand that they literally are driving their car with only estrogen and the effects of that. The fact that so many women don't understand that their Hashimoto's and their hypothyroidism is probably not genetic. 
it's probably lifestyle related because of the decisions they made over years and years and years that have put their thyroid and that type of deficit. And so I wake up every day passionate to speak my truth and be honest about these things that nobody talks about because I suffered for years. Beautiful world we live in where people actually talk about these things now. I know. So when you were going through those things and to any woman who is going through it right now, and maybe not obviously to the level of some of the things that you and I have gone through, but if they're having a hard time, just even navigating where to start, what to do, how do they find support? So I think there's this idea, and this goes back to like, you use the word, I think it's beautiful. You said the word layers. Yeah. So when we have a woman that's come to us, that's suffering with thyroid issues, hormone issues, autoimmune issues, et cetera. I think a lot of times the idea is that there's going to be some big fancy solution when in reality, we have to start at the ground floor. If I have a woman that comes to me with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, I may not even lead with supplementation. If that woman is getting five hours of sleep a night, not drinking any water and is stressed out to the max, my first order of business in restoring her body is going to be to get her foundation strong because it's like, they say like, you can't put perfume on a pig. There's no point in throwing a bunch of supplements at you or a complicated protocol. If you're not even sleeping, drinking water and chilling the F out. Yes. So we start there depending, and then we build as we do it. So many times women come to us and they're like, when are we going to start working on fixing my hormones? And I'm like, well, we are, (laughs) you came to us going through the Chick-fil-A drive-through 17 times a week. And so we're just trying to get you to like, maybe eat a vegetable and like chill out on the processed hydrogenated oils and drink some water and get some sleep. But there's this idea, I think, and diet culture creates this. There has to be this big fancy thing. It has to have a name. It has to have a product. It has to have thousands of dollars worth of marketing around it. And when reality, those things are actually what don't work. It's solidifying the foundation that is the basis. And then just being patient. Yes. Women don't understand that when we're talking about hormones, it takes at least a hundred days for us to even see if the stimulus we have provided is working. The number of women that come to me, they have amenorrhea. They don't even have a period. And in month five of working with us, their period gets back and they're like, what did we do? And I'm like, it's all the little things we've done. Because as we know, a lot of times the first five, six, seven weeks of a coaching experience with a client is us just getting them to get with the basics of the program. Yep. Let's eat enough. Let's sleep. Let's drink some water. Let's maybe get 7,000 steps. Can we do some deep breathing? Like people underestimate how valuable the basics of taking care of your body are. You nailed it. I had somebody ask me one time, we had been going through sleep. We'd been going through prioritizing nutrient-dense, balanced meals, controlling your stress, moving your body consistently. And she asked the question, she was like, well, when are we going to focus on hormones? And I was like, what does focusing on hormones look like to you? I think she thought that there was going to be some like big protocol. 
that we were going to go through. And I was like, this is the protocol. Like there's actually no direct way for me to just fix your hormones unless I'm giving you hormone. I was like, which is not fixing the problem. And I was like, your hormones are getting impacted by all the stuff that you're doing in a daily basis. Your hormones one week didn't just decide I'm just not going to function anymore. Like it's not how it works. Your hormones over a period of time through compounding factors got impacted. And I was like, so we have to work through the, what those compounding factors were, and we have to reverse engineer it back. You know, when you're talking about anything with the hormones, we also have to have a conversation about the thyroid and we also have to have a conversation about the adrenals and we have to have a conversation about the gut. Yes. And so it's not, people want to look at things singularly. When in reality, one of the big driving forces behind my team, we dumped, dumped is not a great word to use this, but we dumped over $30,000 in education into our team last year, about 25 the year before to arm us with the overall knowledge of the female body so that we can accurately assess these things. That's why I think it is important you know, we're at the beginning of the year and women are shopping. Women are starting to look, they're like, Oh, I want to get healthy. Oh, I'd like for my hormones. I want to fix my hormones or I want to do this. And that's like the thing you do. Yeah. I think it becomes incredibly important when people have these conversations with prospective coaches is to ask, what is your background in human physiology? How do you know this? What have you done? Because it becomes very popular on Instagram to talk about, hormones and thyroid, but do you really understand hormones and thyroid? Tell me how you came to this knowledge. Tell me how you understand this knowledge. I will always be a champion for education in my business coaching containers. I focus on education. Some people don't. I really believe that in the space of like working with women's bodies, it is our duty to understand things. And it is our duty to always be after new science and new education. It is our duty to have an ironclad network of support because even last week I got a set of labs for a client. And I looked at this and I was like, this is what I think she'd come to me. This client had come to me with a PCOS diagnosis. She came off of birth control. And so it didn't make sense to check her labs until we were four or five months post birth control. We want to give things a hot minute to start to regulate. And we pulled labs and I looked at them and I was like, I do not see evidence that there is a PCOS diagnosis here. I don't get where they got that. And she's been walking around with a PCOS sign for half a decade. I don't see it. And misdiagnoses happen. Yep. And so I actually... I asked permission and referred out to two different colleagues that I respect very much in the space that are come from two different sides, a more integrative health side, and then a more like having a history of like dealing with like competitors and like things of that nature. And I sought out their perspectives and both of them affirmed, I do not see a PCOS diagnosis, but I do see a this, you know, I think it's important as coaches to recognize like, We are never going to know everything. You're never going to be the smartest in the room. And clients, please understand, we will never know everything. But it's the recognition that we can always know more and that we can lean on people that know more all the time. I'm never too proud to ask for a second opinion. And I think that's what I will pat myself on the back and say, that's what makes me a good coach. That's exactly what makes you a good coach. I had this conversation. There's an integrative physician that I partner with, and I talked to one that is in Michigan locally too. And 
you know, he said to me one time, he's like, but that's the thing, Brooke, you're always asking the question why. And I was like, yeah, I was like, that's annoying to some doctors about me. Right. But like at the same time, it's also made me successful because I'm always asking like, well, why is that happening? Why isn't it working out? Right. You have to ask that question and you're never going to know everything. I think anybody in a health field, especially when it comes to anything science-based, right. You always need to be asking questions, especially when it comes to a woman's body. There's a lot of stuff about a woman's body that I don't think we understand yet and that we don't know. And if we stop asking the question why, and we just think like, well, no, that's just the way it functions, then there's going to be a lot of women who are left out there not feeling great and feeling terrible in their skin and wondering or feeling like their body is broken. But it takes people to ask the question of like, well, why is that happening? And how did that happen? Where did it go off type of a thing to actually get people feeling better? Amen. That lack of asking why was literally the shovel that I picked up and continued to dig for so many years with my autoimmune. Like I tell people all the time, you may not get to be like me who doesn't have Hashimoto's anymore. Yes. You may not get to be like me who doesn't have fibromyalgia anymore. Not everybody goes into remission and heals, but I do believe that everybody can improve but I was not given any hope that improvement was a possibility for a decade. And I took the word of a couple of physicians. I did not know that I had the power to ask why. And it was when I started asking why that I started finding some answers, which led me to the integrative health practitioner that I fully believe changed and saved my life again is what drives me every single day. You know, coming back to being a mother, and I hope that this is okay to say, I think so often when we're talking about women that struggle with autoimmune issues or the hypothyroidism or whichever, and that's becoming so much more common, I think they believe that they have to take their shit sandwich and eat it. Yeah. And what they don't realize is that they are in the driver's seat but you have to actually put the key into the ignition and decide to drive. You can sit in the front seat of autoimmunity and issues for the rest of your life and be miserable, or you can go through some of the uncomfortableness to bring it full circle yeah, and take control and actually move forward. And it's always the saddest thing to me when I see a woman decide It's too hard to drink water. It's too hard to try to manage my food. It's too hard. And at that point, the idea of you're choosing your hard comes into focus because yes, it is hard to eat balanced. It is hard to go to bed and get eight hours of sleep. It is hard to drink water some days for me. I had COVID over Christmas and I haven't worked out in a month. It is going to be hard today to do my first workout in a month. My coach finally told me, I think, and I have a coach. Yeah. He finally told me, I think, you know, about 50% capacity, go ahead and get back in the gym. It's going to be hard to do that. You know, what's also hard feeling like my hips are tight because I've been sitting and not moving for a month because I've been down with sickness. And so it's recognizing as mothers, you can choose your hard, but you also get to make a choice and it's not motivation. It's not even discipline. It's more so a decision every day, every hour. I made a decision before this podcast to fill up my water. I'm going to make a decision after we get here done here to go walk on the treadmill for 10 minutes. 
I make those little micro decisions. I'm not deciding some big, huge life-changing thing every day as a mother. Yes. I could get very overwhelmed by doing that. I make mini choices every day based on what I want to be. And that keeps me close to myself and to my goals and keeps me far away from the misery that I lived for so many years. It's so true. You choose your hard, but also instead of hard, I like to say you're choosing your uncomfortable times, right? You're Mm -hmm. choosing what's uncomfortable to you. Hard was losing my dad to cancer, right? But it's uncomfortable to get off the couch when I'm watching TV when I don't really want to, right? It's uncomfortable to say I need help when I don't really want to admit that I might be struggling with something. But at the end of the day, it's either I do those things or I choose to still feel uncomfortable in my skin, or I choose to still feel uncomfortable with where I'm currently at because I didn't want to ask for help for it, right? You're choosing your wherever you're at, but it's a matter of you're either going to choose to be uncomfortable now to maybe not be uncomfortable in the future, or you're going to choose to feel maybe safe now, but to still be feeling uncomfortable in the future. You've got one or the other that you're going to have to choose from. It's just a matter of when you're going to be experiencing it because at some point, the choice that you're making is going to catch up with you. And it's either going to be, it's catching up with you right now and you're going to have to move through it, or it's going to catch up with you in the future and you're going to regret the choice you didn't make earlier. Amen. So, so well put. Yeah. We are so much alike. Like we didn't even know each other before this. Also connected us. (laughs) I know. I love that so much. It's been so awesome chatting with you today. Thank you for coming. It was so good to have you here. How can people reach you? What's the best way? So my page where I share all things health and fitness related is at my coach, Lacey, L-A-C-Y. I have a page for business for those that are moms that are entrepreneurs or self-employed. It's called parentpreneuring. It's a new thing that I started last year because I think it's such a different ball game when you're building a business and you have kids, as you well know. So I'm very active in my DMs. My DMs are always me. I pride myself on being very hands-on with my audience. So I love to connect with people there. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And that's it for this episode on the Power of a Woman podcast. If any part of this episode resonated with you, I would greatly appreciate you giving it a review, sharing it on your social media, and tagging me for another woman who may need to hear it too. If changing the narrative is something you're ready to take action on, my coaching programs are set up to help you do just that. We will address the nutrition, movement, lifestyle, stress, gut health, and hormonal needs that you individually have as a woman so that we can help you feel your absolute best and own your power too. Connect with me on Instagram at Brooke Razzie or head over to my website at brookrazzie.com to learn more.